All right, everybody, welcome into the introduction episode to Beyond the Bleachers, the rebranding of the podcast. Um, AJ, it's good to have you back on. Let's uh, let's go through some things, man. So we're going to start off with the college football playoff rankings that were released on Tuesday night. And for anybody listening, we are recording this on Tuesday. Um, so AJ, I think my, my biggest thing is it's not even the top six because Alabama stayed at one, Notre Dame stayed at two. Clemson and Ohio State at three and four, like it was last week, and then obviously Texas A&M and Florida at five and six, respectively. Um, my biggest issue with the rankings this week is Coastal Carolina. Now I know they rescheduled the Liberty, or they switched Liberty with BYU last week, and that was probably their statement win of the year. Uh, would have been BYU statement win, but they probably still wouldn't have made the playoff. But my only issue with the difference between the playoff rankings. And the AP poll is that Coastal was ranked two spots higher in the AP poll at 11 than they are in the playoff at 13. It just really makes no sense to me why the playoff would kind of disrespect a team that played a really, really good top 25 BYU team, stopped them at the one or two yard line, and won the game in the last couple of seconds. Um, look, Coastal's a really, really good football team. Um, obviously, they're not going to make the playoff, but they do have a chance potentially for New Year's Six bowl game with the uh, cancellation of the Cincinnati-Tulsa game this week. And then if Tulsa beats Cincinnati in the American Conference Championship next week, that could pave the way for Coastal to be the highest-ranked um, group of five team to get in to the playoff next week. So what are your thoughts on Coastal uh, rising up from five spots from 18 to 13 but still being lower than what they were in the AP poll on Sunday? Um, Honestly, I think that they should have been higher um, in the the playoff rankings, but I mean, like you said, they're a great team. That game was really exciting to watch, even though I only watched like the first five minutes and the last two minutes. Um, due to my or being at my friend's wedding, but like while I was sitting there watching that game, it was just very exciting. Um, at the beginning, it was just like, dude, this game's gonna be really good. So, but um, but yeah, from the highlights I saw, um. Throughout the game, like Coastal looked very good. Um, they just stopped Zach Wilson, I believe his name. Um, they stopped him. Uh, I don't think he really did much, anyways. But I think Coastal should be. I wouldn't say top ten, but I'd put them at well, of course, eleven, maybe ten. But uh, yeah, I think if something was to happen, um. I don't know. I could see them making it into the top 10, like uh, maybe seven or so. I mean, it's going to be interesting to watch with the Cincinnati and Tulsa game for sure. But I don't know. I think they should be higher. I think they got cheated out of the uh, college football rankings, but it is what it is. Uh, I guess they're just going to come out and just dominate us this weekend. So (laughs) I guess we'll have to see. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know you're referencing the Coastal and Troy game this weekend. Well, we're we're going to preview that here in just a second. But we were watching the playoff rankings together, and you know, one thing that I kind of saw you kind of look weird at was that Iowa State was all the way up at number seven with two losses. Now, keep in mind, they lost to Louisiana. I will not refer to them as Louisiana Lafayette ever. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I will refer to them as Louisiana Lafayette. I will not never refer to them as Louisiana. I hate that. It's stupid. Anyway, the Cajuns beat them in the beginning of the season and actually first game of the year. And Iowa State is ranked higher. And a lot of people have had issues with that all year long. 
Bullock, Iowa State's a really good team. Um, they may could pave their way secretly, like sneakily into the playoff, but it's going to take a lot. Like, Bama would have to beat Florida. Ohio State would have to not get in, which we're going to discuss that here in a little bit too. Uh, Clemson and Notre Dame, I don't think that really has a factor on Iowa State getting in. But first off, they have to beat Oklahoma in the Big 12 title game next uh, next Saturday on the 19th. But Ohio State in the top 10 with two losses. Yeah, it kind of it is kind of a weird thing because – so, look – I mean, they're a two-loss team. They're the highest. Oh, no, they're not. Yeah, they are the highest-ranked two-loss team in the country right now at seven, right behind Florida at six. But to put them over an 8 no Cincinnati team, uh, man, that that's tough. I mean, look, the Cyclones are good. Don't get me wrong. I like Matt Campbell and that team and Brock Purdy, their quarterback. But uh, it's just odd to see them ranked over – Cincinnati, Miami, I mean, all, all those teams that they're ranked above, Cincinnati, Georgia, and Miami, it's just weird to see them ranked above them. And I really don't understand why the playoff would put them at seven in the first place. Yeah, um, looking at these, um, like, give me one sec. So basically, I would say, I guess I could say um, that Iowa State's comfort, and I, I can't even say that. Um, yeah, the Big 12, I think that, um, Miami, who's that number 10, should definitely be ahead of, um, Iowa State in these rankings, because, I mean, Miami's 8-1, and one, their only loss was to Clemson, uh, I believe, or Iowa State lost to Oklahoma State, and who else did they lose to? Um, Lafayette. Okay, oh yeah, Lafayette, so... Um, but yeah, I mean, they beat Oklahoma. Oklahoma is at 11, um, but they're also, they also have two losses. But I mean, I think that Miami, who has a, a strong strength of schedule, should be, I would, I don't know if they should be above Cincinnati, but I know for a fact they should definitely be above Iowa State. I think they should move Cincinnati up to seven, Miami at eight. Um, Georgia at nine, and then maybe Iowa State at ten. Um, but I mean, it is what it is. Or maybe you could even put Coastal at ten, move Oklahoma down to twelve, and then put Iowa State at um at eleven. Well, I mean, well, you could move Oklahoma to ten and put Iowa no. State below them because Iowa State owns the head to head over Oklahoma because they've already played once this year. If I'm correct, I think uh, I, I think Iowa yeah, State yeah, beat them in the regular season. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well. I mean, I don't know. I just don't think they should be ranked or up that high, especially as with two losses, and they're like the only dominant teams that they've faced are Oklahoma. I mean, yeah, um, they beat Oklahoma, Texas, and uh, I forgot who else. Is that's really Oklahoma State? Yeah, in Oklahoma State, those are really the only dominant teams there. But I mean, even Oklahoma State, they're five and three. I mean, yeah, they've been. Pretty good, um, but I mean, yeah, I don't know. I think that, like I said, Miami should be potentially at seven or eight. Cincinnati should be above Miami. So let's just say Cincinnati at seven, Miami at eight, Georgia at nine, and then Iowa State at ten. I think that's how it should go. Um, so yeah, yeah, and you know, look, I kind of get why 
they put them where they did. And look, the committee's really, they're usually really good about getting these rankings right. But to throw shade on an 8-0 Cincinnati team, yeah. that's just wrong. Are they 8-0? Yeah, yeah 8-0. Know. Okay, yeah. To throw shade on them like that, that's wrong. To put a two-loss team, now I get it. Iowa State's in the driver's seat in the Big 12. They've prob- they've won the regular season. All they got to do is beat Oklahoma next week in the Big 12 championship game and likely get a New Year's Six Bowl. If madness happens, they can make it to the playoff, but I don't see that happening. But just to throw them over Cincinnati, it's wrong. It's wrong. Now, over Georgia, yeah, that that's right. And even Miami, that that's kind of wrong too because Miami's only got one loss. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's all my ranting on the playoff uh, selection, the rankings for Tuesday. Uh, we'll kind of see where it goes next week. I'm kind of interested to see where, how far, how much farther Coastal can jump up if they beat Troy. Um, and I don't know if I say if, it's probably going to happen. <laughs> but, um, I mean, there, there's not really many top 25 good games this week, and we'll get to game picks at the very end. Um, but speaking of Coastal and Troy, let, let's go ahead and look into that. Look into that matchup this week. I know you kind of you kind of smirked. I did too. Um, I'm just gonna be as nonchalant and as blunt as I can about this. Coastal's gonna come in here and wreck us. Okay, what's the line? I think the line on this game is 13 and a half. Coastal. Um, I think I think ESPN's got him at like 13 and a half. And the really bad thing is this game's on ESPN Plus as of right now. Uh, right. I I know typically later in the week Troy will come out with an announcement to say our game has been moved to one of the actual ESPN networks um, because I think the ESPN two or the ESPNU game at two or two thirty is Texas at zero and nine Kansas which <laughs> should really be switched to ESPN plus because no one cares about that game yeah. uh, so I think I feel like this Troy Coastal game is going to get switched over it's going to be on an actual ESPN network yeah uh, ESPN's FPI give Troy an eighteen point seven percent chance to win this game. Look, I know Troy has struggled on both sides of the ball lately. And I picked South to beat us last week. I really did because I didn't think Troy had enough. And I liked South at the beginning of the year. They got off to, I think they got off to a 3-0 start uh, to start off the year. But Coastal is going to come in here. And they're going to wreck Troy. Like, it's going to happen. Troy's going to fall to, what are they, 4-5 and five right now? Five and five. Oh, they're 5-5 five and five right now? Yeah, they're going to fall to 5-6. and six. Um, Coastal has already locked up the Sunbelt East Division. They're playing Lafayette in the Sunbelt Championship next weekend. So a, a win or a loss here doesn't really affect them. All it does is it affects their hopes of a New Year's Six Bowl and their ranking in the playoff. That's all it does um, because they've already locked up the division. So a loss to Troy wouldn't take them out of the equation for going to the Sunbelt Championship. It's already been decided. Um, Coastal quarterback Grayson McCall is Really, really good. I love their head coach, Jamie Chadwell. I think he's going to leave after this year and take a big uh, Power 5 job just because of what he's done. That's kind of becoming the trend now, too, yeah. is these coaches at, you know, group of five mid-major teams coaching for one year and then going off to head coach at insert school here at a, at a Power 5 conference. Mm-hmm. Um, that That's what's going on. But back to the game, man. I, look, I think Troy can keep it close for probably the first three quarters. Um because, like, I know Coastal only won, I think it was by five against BYU. But, look, BYU's a really good team. BYU dominated Troy, like, 55-7. to seven. Um, But I think Gunnar Watson and this Troy offense can kind of keep it close through the first three quarters. I think Coastal pulls away in the final quarter. I'm going to take Coastal by 17, um, even though the line, I think, is at 13.5 right now. I think that... 
a close loss here for Troy doesn't really do them any justice just because now if they play better than they have the last few weeks now just erase the 29 nothing shutout of south look it's south they suck hmm. but the past few games before that Troy has looked really really bad especially on defense and that's one area that they've got to be really really you know sound at this week because Coastal is really good passing team. Yeah. Coastal can throw the ball anywhere on the field. They can make your defense have to adjust to any given point. And I think that's what we're going to see. I think we're going to see Coastal force Troy to adjust into unwanted situations and Coastal is just going to light them up. Um, but I think another area Troy has to really get going is the running game on offense. That's been kind of a non-existent um, portion of the offensive scheme for Troy the last couple of weeks. And, uh, look, but look, freshman Kamani Vidal has played really well this year. Um, I like what he's doing as a freshman. He's come in, he's played his role really well. But aside from him, man, Troy's got to get this running game going. And how, how many yards does Coastal give up rushing per game? Can you look that up? Um, I should say they give up one. Uh no total allowed they give up one forty two all right so Troy's gonna have to get over well over a hundred yards to be able to stay in this game on the ground because if Gunner's not throwing the ball well things are gonna go south really quickly and Troy's inability to run the ball is going could hurt them very early on in this game um but even from the coastal side man look I think coastal just needs to keep doing what they're doing. Um, but defensively, Troy is going to have to play well. Like I, I think one player that has to have a really good game this week is Carlton Marshall. That's one guy coming into the season I was really hyped about. He hasn't really performed at the level this year that I thought he was going to, and I think this is the game where he and the defense as a whole just need to step up and make something happen on a critical third down play in the third or fourth quarter to you know maybe make it closer than a 17-point game. But... I just can't get myself to take Troy in this game just because Coastal's been on a roll all year. Um, so I like the Sons to win by 17. Yeah. Um, it's interesting you say the defense. I think the defense has been playing pretty well. I mean, there was a span. Uh, I think it was before the App State game or leading up to the App State game where we had like four straight games with uh, four defensive touchdowns or a touchdown in uh, – each of those four. And so um, I think they've been playing well. Um, I think it's more of the offense. The offense has done awful. Before last week, um, over the last three games, when we had that losing stretch, I mean, we had 17 points. Or the most points we put up was 17. And that was against Middle Tennessee State, who we absolutely dominated at the beginning of the season. First time, yeah. Yeah. First time around, yeah. So, um so that was, and I was at that game, and also like, I don't know what it was, but towards the end of the game, we started looking very bad, like sloppy, like, like he, uh, I remember there was one play where the guy almost dropped the, like he bobbled the, um, the kick return, and then we were just dropping passes everywhere, um, and so, um, one thing that I'm really excited, I'm just, I'm glad that Gunner's back, um, yeah. I personally. I don't think Jacob Free is it at all. Um, I can't wait to see what Parker McNeil does uh, whenever they d- decide to give him a chance. But, yeah, um, I think what you said, uh, 
they have or they don't allow 142 yards rushing. <laughs> we only have 104 yards rushing a game. So, um, but Vidal is like he as a true freshman. He's came in and he's produced very well. Um, he got hurt, I think, for the uh, Mississippi State and the I think App State game. Um, so he was out both of those weeks. And so, um, so yeah, I think if for me, in order for us to win, I think it just has to rely on the offense. Like if our offense comes out and clicks, um, like they didn't miss a single beat. Like you said, it is South. They they're awful, but they didn't miss a single beat. And if they can take that momentum and shift it, then I think that they'll be totally fine. Um, for this game come or this weekend. So, yeah, I think it's going to be up to the offense. Um, the offensive line is going to have to make sure that Gunner has enough time in the pocket. Gunner's going to have to make accurate throws, and our offense is going to have – or our running backs are going to have to, like, get into open space or try to allow themselves to get into open space and make sure we go upfield instead of lateral and things like that. So, um, so yeah, it's going to be the offense for us that I say makes us win. But for Coastal, like you said, they just got to keep doing what they're doing. Like, they're dominating. <laughs> like, and I don't know. It's going to be – I think it will be a good game for the first quarter. Um, And then after that, I think Coastal winds up dropping 40 on us while we may score 14, 20, 14 or 21, somewhere up in that area. So, I mean – Coach is going to come in here and slap us in the face. As long as it's not like App State last year, dude, that game was, that game was just awful. Um, I, bought, or I brought my dad to it, and uh, my buddy Marcel and Ralph, they were here. And I was just like, all right, we should do something. And then next thing you know, like it was like 40-something to whatever. What about App State this year? We lost 47. I mean, yeah, yeah. but that was there. App State well, yeah, was know, one of the best environments like of a group of five. Oh, yeah. Like probably the best environment, especially um that I've visited. But yeah, um yeah, I think Coastal's gonna come in here and slap us and then hopefully <laughs> if they just dominate us, they'll wind up getting into the top ten next week. But I don't know. I guess we'll just have to see. I mean the really the only way that Coastal I from my perspective, the only way Coastal would jump in the top ten um is if Troy A had a better record. Like, if we only had, say, two or three losses, yeah. that would probably boost them a little bit. But with us having five right now, um, I don't see it. But, man, I, th- I really hope it's a good game. Yeah. And, look, I think you're right to the contrary. I think that Troy's offense is going to have to keep up, and they're going to have to get things going, specifically in the running game. Gunner Watson's going to have to be, you know, swinging, balls, swinging those footballs that were running on the field. Yeah. Uh, and the receivers are going to have to catch them this, you know, this game. Um, but if it comes down to the offensive game, Coastal's definitely by far got the better offense. Yeah. They'll beat us in a shootout. <laughs> um, but that's why I'm taking Coastal by 17. I want to go ahead and get that game pick out of the way. We'll save the other ones for last. Yeah. Um, but Troy's you know, definitely going to be on the Thrax watch this weekend. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and speaking of Thrax, I know what you're meaning by that. We'll get to that topic here in a little All bit right. too. Um, but let's go to another topic and something that hasn't really been talked about. And I'm surprised it hadn't because we're so late into the season. But I think Coach of the Year 
is a really, really hot topic right now because speaking of Coastal Carolina, you've got Jamie Chadwell, who's got the Sean's undefeated. Um, you've got Luke Fickle at Cincinnati, who's got them undefeated. You've got Ryan Day at Ohio State. You've got Dan Mullen at Florida. Uh, Brian Kelly at Notre Dame. Obviously, Dabo from Clemson and Saban from Bama. You've got Jimbo Fisher at A&M. You've got – who else could we throw in the mix? Um Maybe Manny Diaz in Miami because they only have one loss. But I think, look, I think I don't think you can throw Miami in there. Um, man, this hurts to say. Ed Ozrondelis, who's out of the question. We're uh, we're a dumpster fire of a program right now. Um, but just in terms of coach of the year, I think there's a lot of really good candidates. And if I had to just go off the top of my head, I was kind of flip flopping between Notre Dame and Coastal. But I think I'm going to have to go Notre Dame just because, A, they're actually playing at a conference this year. They beat the number three team in the country, and they're probably going to do it again in the ACC championship and get themselves in the playoff. Um, no disrespect to um, Chadwell or, or Coastal Carolina. That program's done a lot of good things this year. No disrespect to Cincinnati. But I think Cincinnati's couple of cancellations – have have kind of hurt them, even though they will fi- likely finish undefeated should they beat Tulsa next week in the American Conference Championship game. Um, but I just like the story of what Brian Kelly has been able to do at Notre Dame this year. Uh, Notre Dame's got a really, really good football team, and we'll get to see them on display again next week when they play Clemson for the ACC Championship game. That should be a blockbuster of a game, too. Um, and that could really determine Kelly's fate as to whether or not he wins coach of the year. Yeah, um, I personally think it's going to be Coastal Carolina's coach. Um, Fickle, uh, Brian Kelly, Dabo, Saban, all those guys, um, I personally think they won't win it because it's kind of like you expect, like they're usually good each year. Like Fickle, Fickle's a great coach, um, and I know uh, I have a couple buddies that want Fickle at Auburn. Ooh, that's actually not a bad take, but uh, I don't want to get off topic here, but you just brought that up, so I have to. <laughs> Auburn's not going to get rid of Gus Malzahn, even though they got absolutely throttled by Alabama two weeks yeah, ago and lost to A&M in a game that they should have won had they not made They should have. Um, but as bad as the Auburn fan base wants the university to can that guy and get him out of there, look, he has like a $21 million buy- <laughs> buyout. And we're in a COVID year, so That's Auburn's true. administration, their athletic department, is not going to want to fire him, pay him that $21 million, and then have to pay another coach to come in and coach the team. Exactly. So that, that's out of the question for right now, at least. And honestly, if it comes down to it, I think Fickle stays at Cincinnati uh, yeah. for another year. And then if Auburn just you know, sucks again next year, I think that then maybe after the 2021 season that could be an option. Um, but Fickle anywhere in the SEC would really be a um, a good – a good hire. Yeah. Um, I mean, they've also talked about PJ Flick coming to Auburn. And I was like, eh. I haven't seen enough from him at Minnesota really yeah. to, you know, to, to vouch for that. I mean, I don't even think they've really been good at all this year. Anyways. But, yeah, I think um, Coastal Carolina's coach will, should definitely win. I mean, um, I don't know what their record was last year. But I know, I think it was like four and – they, I don't think they something? won a lot. I don't even think they went to a bowl last year. Yeah, I Didn't mean, they? I don't think so. I, I mean, they really they haven't done much of anything for real. Um, let's see if I can go back here. Oh, that's twenty seventeen. Um, let's see, twenty nineteen. 
Well, they don't really have much of anything. But either way, I mean, they they really haven't done that well. Um, but yeah, for him to come in, uh, like, I wish Marcus Jones was still here so he could put him back in his their place because, you know, he's he's always returned a kickoff. Isn't he at Houston now? Yeah, he's at Houston. Um, but yeah, uh, I think he should win, personally. Um, and I think he's the only candidate that, that should be. I mean, yeah, like I said, those other guys, they they do this, like, almost every year. Like, uh, P.J. Fleck, he always does this. I mean, Cincinnati's been good for, like, the last three or four years. Um, and then, of course, Dabo's always – I mean, Clemson, Saban. Uh, yeah, so those guys, maybe Manny Diaz. But other than that, I think the only option here is uh, Coastals. Jaguar, yeah. Yeah. All right, so before we get into our next topic, and this may cause a little bit of a debate, um, if you want to talk about SEC Coach of the Year, too, since we live in SEC country, look, I don't think it should go to Saban. I don't think it should go to Dan Mullen. I think it should go to Sam Pittman in Arkansas, and here's why. Um, even though they're 3-5, and five, they lost on some crap at Missouri last week. Okay, They had that game, and Mizzou went down the field, drove and kicked the field goal to win the game. After Arkansas scored, they hit a two-point conversion on a crazy play, and then Missouri goes down the field and scores. <laughs> Arkansas lost their fifth straight to Missouri. Yeah. They fell to three and five. But if you look at how Pittman has turned the Razorbacks program around, look, they went 0-16 the last two years in 18 and 19 just in SEC in SEC games. So for them to already have three wins, stellar. Like that. What he's doing with that program is amazing. And honestly, they should probably have, I don't know, one or two more wins. I hate to say it as an LSU fan. They should have beat LSU. Um, they should have beat Auburn, first of all. That that was crap. They should have beat Auburn. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Pittman has done such a stellar job in his first year here. With the staff that he's got is tremendous. Um, no disrespect to Saban or Dan Mullen, but those guys are top-tier guys. And you make it even throw Elia Drinkwitz out there at Missouri. He's got them at 5-3. and three. Um, But I just like what Pittman's done at Arkansas. Um don't even I know I see you over there pulled up Ole Miss. Don't even throw Lane Kiffin out there, man. They, yes. No, 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 yes. no, 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 no. You see how crazy their offense is? They're so exciting to watch. They've only been exciting since last week, since Matt Corral had Are a really stellar game. Dude, You're I, kidding, I don't watch Ole Miss because I hate Ole Miss. Oh I cannot stand them. Right. Um but look, like You're drunk. No, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, I, I think that you have to give it to Pittman. Now, after the first game of the season, I probably would have said Mike Leach at Mississippi State, but, God, they've fallen off the <laughs> map, dude. Absolutely. <laughs> since since going for over 600 yards of offense against LSU, they have gone completely off the map. Um, but, yeah, like I just love what Arkansas is doing. I like what Pittman's doing in his staff. Um, but if it came down to you, who are you taking for SEC Coach of the Year? Are you going to take Lane Kiffin? Yes. Of, of course, course you're going to take Kiffin. Of course you are. Um, all right, well, let's go on into this next topic. Um, let's talk about Ohio State, even though we live nowhere near Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. Just because I hate Ohio State with a burning passion. Um, if you're out there listening and you think that Ohio State deserves a shot at the playoff with five wins, please hit me up on Twitter at Eisman underscore sports and let's chat about it because there's you cannot force me to believe that Ohio State should get in the playoff with just five wins. Now, the Big Ten has a threshold minimum of six wins. 
And according to some reports that I've seen on Tuesday, they could change that to let Ohio State play in the Big Ten title game because the Big Ten wants to be a little bunch of crybabies and get their team in. That is the biggest load of crap I've ever heard in my life. Like, you're going to sit here and tell me that you're going to allow – sure, they're the best team in the conference, you're, but you're going to allow them to, A, play in the conference championship game with five wins and, B, possibly make the playoff – Man, get out of here. There's two teams behind them at five and six in Texas A&M and Florida that are very deserving of that spot over them. Who has Ohio State played this year that is relevant enough to get them in? They have the 72nd strength of schedule in the country right now. That is pitiful. I think that's the worst out of the top four, if I'm not mistaken. And Ohio State's still sitting at number four. Um, uh, Indiana. Yeah, Indiana's the only good team they've played. They're, the Michigan-Ohio State game for Saturday has been canceled, by the way, due to COVID concerns at Michigan. Oh, yeah. Now, I know a lot of people are happy about that, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure Ohio State fans are ticked because they think they're not going to get in. Look, if the Big Ten doesn't reverse course and change their decision, they could put a one-loss Indiana team in the Big Ten title game against Northwestern, who lost to Ohio State, by the way, over the Buckeyes to play the Wildcats in the Big Ten Championship game. How is that going to work? Um, because, first of all, Ohio State is ranked higher than Indiana. They beat Indiana, but Ohio State does not have the minimum number of wins right now to make it to the conference championship game, which I believe is a good thing. I don't think the Big, the Big Ten should reverse course and change their decision. That's just basically cheating your conference into the playoff, and that's not right. You you can't do that. Um. No disrespect to Justin Fields. I like the guy. I like him at quarterback. He's going to go to my Jaguars at number two overall. But to try to convince me that the Buckeyes should be in the playoff is blasphemous right now. Well, sure, they're a good team. But who have they played that is relevant to help them squeak into the playoff? The only answer here is Indiana. That's it. They've played – go back up. They played Nebraska – Okay, Penn State has fallen off the map. They're trash. Rutgers, Maryland was canceled. Indiana, who they beat. Illinois was canceled. They beat Michigan State last week, 52 to, does that say 12? Yeah, 52 to 12. And then their game against Michigan was canceled. They don't even own enough wins to make it in. Like, I just don't understand why. First of all, how is this even ethical for the Big Ten to change a policy that has been in place for so many years just to allow the number four team in the country to play in their conference championship game to basically dominate Northwestern and automatically get into the playoff. It it just doesn't sound right to me. Um, I know. I just want to start off by saying Michigan, there's some babies. They did this on purpose. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 no. Yeah, they yeah. did this on purpose uh-uh. because – Jim Harbaugh, listen, listen, hear me out, all right? Jim Harbaugh made this up just because he can chalk this up as a W. His first W against Ohio State because it won't allow them to get into the playoff. Oh, that's man. this is what no. I that's what I think. No. I just think honestly, that. you're probably like a lot of people that believe that, but I'm just gonna say that's a bunch of crap, dude. There, no, that's not. If that was the case, then. Yeah. No, if that was the case, then what? What other? I'm trying to think of another big game that was canceled this year. Um, that was that wasn't made up. 
No, there was like oh. it apparently was. Like Michigan is not faking this. Like, why would you? How could you even fake COVID tests to get positive results to cancel? Like, they're, they're because no Jim way. Harbaugh knew that what was coming to. No, no, no. That's what it, oh. listen. That's what everybody's saying. It has nothing to do with Jim Harbaugh wanting to be a little baby and chalk this up as a fake win. That <laughs> that's way out, that's way out there, man. That's way out there. Ohio State, they're not going to play this game. Michigan doesn't really care. I mean, I'm sure they do, but it really has no relevance to Michigan to play the game. Really, they weren't going to beat Ohio State anyway. Is that good? But that's not why they canceled this game. They canceled it because of COVID, and there's a legitimate reason. But Jim Harbaugh is not faking this. There is absolutely no way that's possible. I guess. I I just <laughs> I don't know, but I mean that's just some fun. Like, some fun humor in my opinion. Like I just, I mean, think yeah, it kind of is humorous, but there's just no way. But, what if that came out as true though? Like, what, I mean, what would happen? I don't know. And listen, speaking of that too, everybody is trying to call for Texas A and M and Ohio State to play because they now have open dates on Saturday. That'd be awesome. First off, the Big Ten's not going to allow that. Second of all, A and M would beat Ohio State, I think. Whoa, 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 whoa. Ohio State doesn't want to play that game. Like, but the Big Ten's not going to allow that. The, the SEC wouldn't allow it either. But, all right, I will say this. Even though Ohio State really hasn't played anybody but Indiana, they have been absolutely destroying everyone that they play. Yes, do you know why? Because it's Rutgers, it's Michigan State, it's Nebraska, who hasn't been relevant since the 90s. It's, uh, okay, Maryland was canceled. All right, so so Indiana, they've been good. This is the first time they've been good in a while. But Rutgers is never relevant. Penn State's usually pretty good. They're just on a down year. Michigan State is terrible. They have been for a couple of seasons. Yeah, they have. Uh, like I said, Rutgers is always irrelevant. And Nebraska just hasn't been relevant in so many years. And Scott Frost is trying to bring that program back up. And he's not going to be able to do it by playing in Columbus at Ohio State the first game of the year. But, sure, you can say, oh, they're destroying everybody they play. And, yeah, that while that may be true, they still have not played anybody good. And I get that. I get that. It's just the fact of they're doing what they're supposed to. Like, I know, like you said, they're not playing anybody. They're doing what they're supposed to. They're not struggling with anybody. But okay, but, so- but you have to think. Like, Clemson will have these games. Like, I would say, example, last year, North Carolina. They almost lost to North Carolina. Or did they lose year. to North Carolina? That was, yeah, that was but I'm saying, this that's, that's, that's true. But, I mean, I don't know. There's some teams out here. I can say the teams that usually do that. Ohio State and Bama, I know for a fact. They they don't have any struggle games for real, ever, it seems like. Especially if it's somebody that's not ranked. They always yeah. destroy them. Yeah. I will say Alabama struggled with Ole Miss until the very end of the game this season. But Ole Miss, like I said, Ole Miss was exciting. They are exciting to watch. And Lane Kiffin is going to do something with that program. But they're always giving Alabama a run for their money for the most part. So, I mean... But um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they get in. Um, I would. I mean, if if they don't wind up playing, because if they play a conference championship game, it'll only be six games. But that, but it would still pay their way in because oh, they've won a conference championship. Yeah, that that the only way they get into the playoff right now is if the Big Ten changes that that uh, that rule and they play against Northwestern next Saturday in the Big Ten title game, and they win it, and they get in the playoff. That's the only way they get in. They have to play and win the Big Ten championship game at this point to get in, I think. Yeah. That's it. Because 
even it, let's just say they don't play and Northwestern was to knock off Indiana. Well, either way, if Indiana goes in over Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship game and plays Northwestern, Ohio State could still stay there at four. But then, say Florida beats Bama, that knocks Ohio State out automatically. It doesn't matter yeah. what happens with Clemson and Notre Dame at that point, I don't think. No. Because Florida would jump a and They would jump Ohio State. Ohio State would fall out. So then you have two SEC teams and two ACC teams. That makes for a lot of fun. That's true. But this is also how I look at it. Clemson beats Notre Dame. Florida beats Alabama. Uh, I think that this is going to cause so much controversy. Clemson goes to number one. Florida goes to number two. No, no. Florida goes to number three. Number four will be Bama. And you know who will be that number two? I mean, it can't. Don't even tell me it's Texas A&M. I say it could be <laughs> Texas A&M. The world will literally explode. If there's three SEC because teams Because there's in the three playoff, SEC teams. I don't think the world will explode. But the playoff committee will automatically be like, yeah, we're, we're bumping this up to eight teams. We're going to have eight yeah, teams starting Because, eight. I mean... That's, that's it. Oh, my goodness. Dude, I mean, I could see it happening, but, I, I mean, I don't know. Because, I mean, Notre Dame is number two. I mean, if the, if both of those guys, or Alabama and Notre Dame both lose, you're going to have to put um, Bama at number four at the lowest. And then what and are you going to do? you're going to have to put Florida in at that yeah. point. I mean. And then you also, what are you going to, you're just going to leave Texas A&M hanging out there? No, I don't think they, they do that. Yeah, I mean the only reason that Notre Dame could potentially stay in it is because of that Cle- or that Clemson win earlier in the year, but I mean Alabama or Florida lost to Texas A and M, but they potentially beat Alabama. You can't just leave Texas A and M out there just hanging. Ah, no, I don't. I don't think you can either. But see that that's why there's only four spots because you got to get exactly. the four best teams. Yeah. But in that case, I think if Notre Dame loses a close game to Clemson. They stay in. Yeah. If they get wiped by like twenty plus, since T Law is going to be back, <laughs> oh, uh, I think they're probably lose. out. They're. It doesn't matter if that's their only loss of the year or not. If they get wiped out by twenty plus, they're done. That's their playoff chances are shot. And then you can really have A and M get in there. Then you could really have three SEC teams plus Clemson. I I don't I I personally just don't believe Notre Dame belongs. Every time they get in, they, they get absolutely get slapped. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely demolished by yep. everyone. Yep. And I don't I just don't think they deserve it. I mean, I thought the best chance that they had was a two thousand twelve, I believe, when they played Alabama. I mean I yeah, know they, they didn't have the playoff. To 14. Yeah. 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 Like, that was before the playoff. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And then the last time they made it, uh I think it was Clemson, right? Or was it Ohio State? They demolished they them. They played who did they play last time? I, I know what you're It was either I Clemson was, or Ohio State. I think it was it was Notre Dame, I think. Okay. Well, either way. Or Clemson. Yeah, it was, it was Clemson. Yeah. Either way, they got absolutely smacked. So, I, I mean, personally, I believe Clemson's going to come out there. I mean, you have – how do you take a team – I mean, granted, their backup is a five-star quarterback. But how do you take a team who's missing one of their best players, if not their best player, into three overtimes with their backup quarterback? When Trevor comes back, I think they beat him by at least. I'm I'm gonna say ten. I'm just gonna say they beat him by ten. I mean Clemson's defense is gonna have to step up for sure, but I mean I they get the job done, and then Florida, 
I mean, it. I mean, that's gonna be a great game to watch. Yeah, I didn't might as well move that to prom time television. It is. It's at seven p.m. Okay, on CBS. cool. Because I mean, it's gonna. That and see, I, I don't mean to hold you up here, but the reason the SEC did that was because you've got, I know you've got LSU, Ole Miss potentially. Now Ole Miss is not playing this week due to COVID. They were supposed to play A and M. Yeah. Um. So that's kind of worrisome right now. Uh. But you, so you've got LSU, Ole Miss. You've got, I forget the other couple of games. There's a few more too. Uh. But the reason the SEC did that was to get those non-conference championship games, the one you know the teams that aren't yeah. playing in the conference championship, to get those games in earlier that day on the nineteenth. And then have the SEC championship be a prime time because usually the SEC title games at three o'clock, yeah, or three or three thirty. Um, but they switched it to seven so that all these other games could be played early because you've also got the Sun Belt, the Big Twelve, the Big Ten, the ACC. You've got all those conference championships going on all day too. The American, all those. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, that's why the SEC did that. But uh, look, these final two weeks are going to be insane. We get to find out the final top four uh, next Sunday. Yeah, actually, de- December twentieth. Um, I think it's next. I think it's next Sunday. It's either next Sunday or that Tuesday. I hope it's not that Tuesday. Why not? I don't want to wait that long. <laughs> um, but conference championship weekend is gonna be a lot of fun. But yeah, we got to get through the final week. Of, well, potentially the final week of the regular season for most of the teams first. That's true. Um, but um, well, let's go to this next thing. And you know, since we were talking about Malzahn and a couple of guys earlier, let's talk hot seats. Yeah. Well, let's give our top three. Um, uh, my top three. Number one, I think. And this this is wild. This is hard to pick, but I'm gonna go Tom Herman at Texas. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now let me let me explain why. This man was hired to bring Texas back to relevancy, mm-hmm. which he did for a year. Um, when they beat Georgia in the Sugar Bowl, I think they beat Georgia in the Sugar Bowl. Yeah, they did. Um, yeah, they did. Um, so he brought him back. He's beat Oklahoma once or twice since he's been there, but he has yet to win a Big Twelve title game. And he has yet to win um, a New Year's Six game or a college football playoff game or a national championship. I mean, it's, the list goes on and on. And the guy just can't seem to get the big enough wins at Texas. Now, he's been on the hot seat for the last couple of years. They just ain't fired him yet. Yeah. They're not going to do it this year, I don't think. But he he's number one. Number two, <laughs> this is easy. <laughs> Gus Malzahn at number yeah. two. Look, this man has been on the hot seat at Auburn for the last five or six years. <laughs> no why. He has. But everybody that I talk to that's an Auburn fan tells me this. You you know the real reason why he's there? Because he beats Bama like every other year. That's all he has to do is beat Alabama yeah. once. They're like, oh, five-year contract oh, hey, extension. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we love you, Gus. Five-year <laughs> extension. You just beat one of the biggest game of the year. Yeah. Um. Look, uh, he, he was the head coach in – 13, right? When, yes. yeah, okay, when they lost to Florida State. All right, so Auburn has not been back to a national championship since. Have they won an SEC championship since then? No. Ye- no, sure? they haven't. I don't think so. Let's see. I don't think so. No, yeah, no, no, no. They, they went in 17 or 18 and lost to Georgia because it was, it was the rematch with Georgia. They've been, they just haven't won one. Because that was either Georgia and Bama played in the SEC Championship. Yeah. Bama got back into the play. Yeah, okay, yeah. So he hasn't been in the SEC Championship. However, as long as that man continues to beat Alabama, maybe <laughs> once every three years, once every two years, every other year or whatever, he's going to stay there. Yeah. But this year, they got smacked <laughs> by Alabama. They got beat by Georgia. They got beat by Texas A&M. And I think that's the only three losses. But – I know a lot of Auburn fans want him out 
But look, we're in a pandemic right now. A lot of athletic departments are suffering. They're losing money. His buyout is like $21 million. They're not going to pay that and then pay someone else to come in. They're, it's just not going to happen. I think they just signed him to a contract extension, was it last year, after they beat Alabama? Or was it a couple years ago? Um, so he's still under contract, and I think his buyout increases. Um, I forget what the, the stipulations are for his new contract, but his, I, th- I feel like his buyout's going to keep rising and increasing, and eventually they're going to lose like five or six games, and they're going to have to fire him. Yeah. But because I feel like in a year or two, they're going to start out really hot. They're going to lose like four or five straight. They're going to get smacked by Bama. That'll be their sixth loss. And then they could possibly lose a bowl game, and then Gus is out of there. Um, and, look, that's what a lot of Auburn fans want because, specifically, his offense is terrible. I mean, you've got a good quarterback in Bo Nix who is much more better at Jordan-Hare Stadium than he is on the road. Now, granted, he smacked LSU at home. He looked horrible against Alabama on the road. He looked okay against A&M. There were, he had a couple of mistakes. Look, Auburn should have won that game last week. Um, but you can't have a quarterback who is good at home and bad on the road and somehow think that you're going to win enough games to stay at a program for you know five or six more years. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Um, and number three on my list – I think I would have to go with Clay Helton at USC. I wanted to go with Mike Norvell at Florida State, but this is his first year. And Florida State has been in a downward spiral since before he even got there, really. Yeah. Since Jimbo left in 17, 16 or 17, he, he, they've been in a downward spiral. But Clay Helton at USC was supposed to have been fired last year. They didn't do it. Yeah. Because they had faith in the guy. Look, USC has a pretty talented team this year. They do. But the Pac-12 has no shot at the playoff. It doesn't matter who goes undefeated. They have no shot. But USC's got a good team this year. Clay Helton just cannot – it's kind of like the same thing with Herman and Malzahn. He just can't win the big games to get that program to where they need to be. Look, USC used to be a powerhouse in college football, Mm -hmm. especially with Matt Leonard, Reggie Bush, you know, those early years back in the 2000s. But now, that that's a totally different story. Like, USC has been kind of irrelevant for a couple of years, especially when they play, play Alabama in op- openers. Uh, yeah. they, they really get smacked. <laughs> but, but um, look, I think Helton should have been gone last year. I think it was a bad decision to keep him. But look what he's doing this year. They're not that bad of a team. Yeah. Um, but I, I just think those are my top three. I think Herman's on the top just because – I feel like Texas is more of a blue blood college football program than Auburn is. Mm-hmm. That's why I put him at one. And obviously, you got to have Malzahn on there. If you don't, you don't watch college football. Um, what's USC's record this year? Four and two? Mm-hmm. Oh, four and oh. Sorry. Okay. So they're undefeated right now. But they also, I think their first three or four games were against teams that had not played a game yet this year. <laughs> so USC was like their season opening <laughs> game. Um, but. Yeah, Clay Helton should have been gone. Uh, it's time for Tom Herman to leave Texas. I've seen a lot of things saying Urban Meyer could go to Austin and coach the Longhorns. Yeah, I've seen that too. But I just don't see that man coming back to coaching. Yeah. Um, and then Malzahn, it's time for him to go. But this is a COVID year. It's not going to happen. Auburn fans, you're going to have to deal with him until at least the end of the 2021 season. Um, but I think those top three kind of fit the the hot seat right now. 
Yeah. Um, I would... I think out of that, we only have one, like, common coach. It's got to be Malzahn. And it's Malzahn. Yeah. Um, He's <laughs> <was> number one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, I personally think uh, Malzahn is my number one. Um, Like, as an Auburn fan, I mean, I don't get it. I personally just don't understand. I mean, granted, whenever Auburn has won nine games, he beats Saban. In yeah. Bama. Yeah. But if they haven't, then like they just they just get ran for the most part. So, um but yeah, I believe we I mean, at the end of twenty twenty one that I believe they would wind up getting rid of him. I don't know who they could possibly bring in. That's gonna be exciting to see. But if they were the brain key freezing, I was talking to someone the other day, and they said that's the only logical thing right now that they can think of. Is yeah, but Hugh is, is Hugh Freeze alive back in the SEC after what happened to <laughs> the I don't think so. <laughs> Who knows? But, I mean, yeah, I, Gus is my number one. Um, two, I know, I mean, he's been there for three years, I believe. Uh, yeah. Yeah, this, is, this will be his third year. I mean, this year doesn't really count. Um, but I'm gonna go with Scott Frost. Ooh, um, that's actually a good pick too. Because I mean, he's he's won like eight games since he's been there. Um, I believe. And so it's just I mean, this year I think granted it is COVID, but I think this year is the first year that they have had well, actually I take that back. I think last year he wound up winning six games. I think they went six and six last year. Uh, this year, they are, <laughs> they are, let's see, this year they're two and four. Second to last in the Big Ten West. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, um, I think Scott Frost, yeah, he went, did he go, was he the one that went 0-12 and, and then went 12-0? and 0 Yeah. At UCF? He did that, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, like, when Nebraska was down bad, I thought that... By now, he would at least have them contending for a Big Ten championship, but he doesn't at all. Like, yeah. like you said, they're <laughs> nowhere yeah nowhere close. And so, I mean, um, I don't think he's the man for the job. I mean, like I said, it's a COVID year. I f- feel like all these coaches do deserve another one or another season at least to see. Um, maybe next year will be way better. So kind of like all of these players in some sports that have gotten that extra year of eligibility, yeah. you think coaches should get the same treatment? Yeah, yes, I, for the most part. I, I, I will say, I will say, actually, my last guy, I just can't anymore. I can't do it. There's been speculations off the field. He's not winning on the field. Who is it? That that is Chip Lindsey. Ooh, I, I boy, I thought you were about to go with Ed Ogeron. I was about to lose it and walk out. Of this no, room. <laughs> no, 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 no. Unless you got something to say about that, I don't. I Ed Ogeron. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I can tell you something about that in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> but Chip Lindsey, he was hired. I know some of us don't know about it, or didn't want him here at the beginning. But I mean. I was talking to someone on the team the other day, and he was saying how since he's been here, this is probably the second most talented team mm-hmm. that he's been around. And we've got five losses going yes. into the second to last game of the year. And yeah. last year we had 
six. We went five and seven. We went five and seven. Yeah. Seven. So we're gonna more than likely we're gonna lose this weekend. So then that puts us at thirteen losses, right? The man is currently ten and twelve as a head coach right now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that would put it that would put him at ten and thirteen. Okay. Overall. Tw- yeah. Ten and thirteen overall. And the only team that is was better was when we won the conference championship in two thousand seventeen. That team was absolutely loaded. This team is loaded. I think the only thing that like Gunner's a great quarterback, but I think the only thing we're missing right now kind of is um our offensive lines, they're kind of young. Um yeah. I think they have one true freshman. I think they have two redshirt sophomores and Bradshaw, the center, um, he's the only senior on the team. I think he's the only upperclassman, honestly. But we're kind of young on the line. So, I mean, I get that. But he's Chip's just not cutting it right now. Um, I think we should at least be on the verge of looking for someone. Like I said, give all these coaches another year. I don't think anybody should lose their job this year because of COVID, because of buyouts, athletic, or, yeah, um, schools aren't allowed or they don't have enough money to buy out a lot of these coaches. So I think he should get another year. And if he is under 500 next year, then he has got to go, If in my opinion. So I think Gus, I'm a, actually, yeah, I'm going to say Gus. I'm going to flip two and three. I'm going to say Chip, and then I'm going to say Scott Frost as my uh, Well, the, the thing is with, with Chip Lindsey, you know, Troy's not a very big school. And if, I, if I'm right, we have one of the lowest – uh, revenues in yeah. probably all college football because isn't football our only revenue sport that we have? Yeah, I think because I mean, like, yeah, we don't pay to go to anything else. Yeah, like yeah. student was, and then tickets are pretty cheap. Yeah, for um, tickets for, are like ten or fifteen bucks yeah. to a game, and so and season tickets start at sixty dollars. Yeah, so our athletic department is already in a big big hole because of COVID. Yeah. Trust me, I know firsthand because I was working with our women's basketball team for a little bit. Um, which by the way is a non revenue sport on campus, yeah. but they're they're probably our best team right now. <laughs> yeah, um for sure. But I even though look, we're probably gonna go six and six. I think we'll smack ULM next Thursday. Yeah. We'll smack them. But Coastal's gonna come in here and beat us. But the thing is, I don't think our athletic department has enough money right now to a fire Chip Lindsay and B hire someone else. Kind of like yeah. everywhere else across the country. Like I know some schools some coaches are being fired, like South Alabama. Yeah. Look, we just beat them twenty nine nothing last Saturday, and they fired their head coach on Sunday. Um, but I don't think that happens here. I think Lindsey's here until the end of twenty twenty one, kind of like Malzahn at Auburn. Yeah. But I, I do agree with the AJ. I think that someone you know that we need to start looking for someone you know kind of have a couple of candidates in mind um, for that next head coaching job. Exactly. And since you asked me if I had anything to say about Ed Ogeron, I will. I know we're getting close to an hour and we've still got a topic or two to talk about. We may go for an hour and a half. Who knows? But I'm just going to say, and I'm, I'm recording LSU breakdown here on Tuesday night too in a little bit, or I should be. Um, Ed Ogeron could be fourth on the list. Look, I know he took them to a New Year's Six game. I know he led them to a 15-0 undefeated national championship season last year. But... This is a very big but. What they have done this year is god-awful. It's inexcusable. And it's downright just pathetic. And he keeps taking all the blame for something that is not all the way 100% his fault. Hiring Bo Pelini 
was probably the worst move <laughs> LSU has made this whole season. Look, you can continue to tell me that LSU lost 14 players to the NFL draft last year. That in itself is excusable. Yeah. We knew that part was going to happen. We knew it was bound to happen because they had the talent. But this is the worst team that is a defending national champion probably in the history of college football. They're 3-5. and five. They're not putting up good numbers. They can't establish a freaking running game for anything. Your starting quarterback is out with an abdominal injury probably for the rest of the year. You've got guys transferring. Your five-star recruit at tight end, by the way, is probably either about to opt out or transfer because he's – reports. some reports saying he's homesick. Some reports are saying that he just wants to opt out. But it comes down to the fact that he's not getting enough catches at tight end. And your star receiver just opted out the week of the Bama game. The Monday before the biggest game of the year against Alabama, Terrace Marshall was like, oh, I'm opting out for the draft. But aside from all of the opt-outs, the injuries, the transfers, last year's draftable players leaving for the draft, what about the Title IX stuff at LSU that's going on with all of the former players that raped the women and LSU didn't say anything about it? Ogeron continues to say that he is complying and that he will continue to comply. B.S., bro. Give me a break. He knew about it. That's going to be his downfall. It doesn't matter how many games they went on the field. I believe that this investi- this Title IX investigation will be closed before LSU can be bad enough, as if they aren't already bad enough on the field, to fire him. I think the Title IX stuff is going to be his downfall at LSU. And aside from that, he has made some of the worst coaching hires that I've ever seen. Bo Pelini was a trash can hire. The defense sucks. Absolutely sucks. Hiring Joe Brady, that was a good move. That was a really good move. But to bring in Scott Linehan from the Dallas Cowboys as passing him coordinator when Joe Brady left, nobody's talking about Scott Linehan. Everybody wants to put the blame on Bo Pelini in the defense. Look at the freaking passing game. It sucks with T.J. Finley. That guy's been benched, what, two or three times for Max Johnson, and they still won't start Johnson at quarterback. But, and I'm going to say this on my LSU Breakdown podcast too later, Ed Ogeron has lost this locker room, and it's only going to continue to get worse. Like, players are going to continue to transfer. It's gotten to a point to where... It's like, like Florida State. It's comparable to Florida State, and it's like... Oh, man, this is going to hurt to say. It's like LSU has become the Jacksonville Jaguars or the New York Jets of the NCAA. It's gotten that flipping bad. Like, I know it's just one year, but if you look at the difference from last year and how LSU was just absolutely dominating everywhere on the field to where this year, like, for instance, last week against Bama, Bo Pointy didn't put Derek Stingley on Devontae Smith. Why not? Yeah, I, I saw they that. Were, they had Cordell Flott on him. Cordell Flott has not played to expectation this year. And Devontae Smith torched us for three touchdowns in the first half at 200-something yards. And Stingley wanted to be on to be covering Devontae Smith. Why didn't you let him? He probably wouldn't have had that many touchdowns. Like, I, I think I'm pretty sure if you go look at Bama's, like, scoring, you know, their scoring plays, it's like, Touchdown, drive one, drive two, touchdown, touchdown, field goal, touchdown. I mean, it just kept on going. It never stopped, it seemed. Bama's probably still scoring touchdowns in Baton Rouge right now. It's it's that bad. But my point here is that Orgeron could be on the hot seat for for those two reasons. Just because of this year, 
the way things have gone and just because of the fact that the Title IX stuff that the reports came out, I think it was back in October, um, that that could be his downfall because, sure, he may not have known about it, but as the head coach of a football program and an elite football program at that, you're entitled to know about these things and speak up and say something to the compliance office. Like, if you don't, it's going to result in your downfall, which is probably what's going to happen here. But it's just been a struggle for LSU this year, and I'm sick of it. Like, I and I know the fan base is too. I've listened to a couple of podcasts today uh, before we started recording this one that people were like, this is getting ridiculous. It's getting old. Something's got to give here. And it starts with Ozeron. Like, it really does. Because they're just going to continue to, you know, miss out on players. Uh, how about recruiting? No one's talking about that. Recruiting's about to take a big hit. Like, LSU's got a lot of five-star guys in the 2021 class that are about to be like, oh, you know what? I don't want to go be a part of that because so many players are leaving. And that's going to have such a factor on recruiting. Signing day is next week, I think, or closer to the end, end of December. And I'm pretty sure that LSU's going to miss out on a lot of guys because they're going to retract their you know, their commitment, and they're going to go sign somewhere else that actually gives a darn about them because the locker room and the culture at LSU right now has gotten really, really bad, and it hurts to watch. Like, we play Florida this week. I don't know that I want to watch one second of that game just because Florida's going to torch them everywhere on the field. But the bottom line here is, and we'll move on to our our picks next, is that Ed Ogeron is losing the locker room. Everything at Baton Rouge is going downhill. And I really don't know that it can be fixed from this point. I really don't. It's gotten that bad. But anyway, let's move on to our picks. Um, And we'll start with the number one team in the country, Bama at Arkansas at 11 a.m. on Saturday. Look, I cover Arkansas for last word on college football. I've picked Arkansas the last two weeks. (laughs) I picked Arkansas against LSU. Boy, was I wrong. I picked Arkansas to beat Missouri. I was close on that one. I picked Arkansas to win 31-27, but Missouri still came out with the win. I'm not taking the Hawks this week. Bama's going to steamroll Arkansas, and the thing is, Arkansas doesn't know if Felipe Franks is going to be able to start at quarterback. Now, K.J. Jefferson played one hell of a game last week for, for Arkansas against Mizzou. But uh, you can't deny Bama and the fact that they're on a roll and that Mac Jones is probably going to hit Devontae Smith I don't know, two, three times for a touchdown in the first half like they did against LSU. Um, I think the one key here is Arkansas's defense has to stop Najee Harris from running the ball. If they can do that, they have somewhat of a chance to keep it close. What's the line on this game? All right, Bama's favored by 32. That's more than they were favored against LSU two weeks ago because um, they were favored by 29 and a half, I think, against LSU. So a little bit of an advantage there. Um, Bama's going to absolutely steamroll Arkansas here. I'm going to take Bama 52 to 14. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, I believe, like you said, Alabama's just, they're going to have a field day with Arkansas. Like this is, this game is, I think Devontae Smith puts up the same the same stat line against uh, Arkansas oh, as he did. Relatively close to it, at least, if not better. If not better. And I mean, like, I don't know. Uh, Florida plays all this weekend? Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. I think that definitely Alabama is going to just demolish this uh, this Arkansas team. There's three and six. Um, so, 
and you said the stat line is 30, 32 30, points, yeah, as you right, can see. Yeah. So I'm putting them on Thrax Watch or Thrax Watch. I mean, I think they'll wind up, you said, 52 to 14. Yeah. I think. I mean, that, that would cover them by a lot. Yeah. So. I mean, I think the same, honestly. I mean, I think they they put up at least 49. Oh, yeah. At, yeah, the, at the minimum. Easily. And, I mean, Arkansas may get 17. I'm going to do 49-17 um, is the final score of this game. If that, I may go 49-14. I'm not sure. But, yeah, I'm putting Arkansas on Thrax Watch this weekend. All right, let's go to the next top 25 game. And this one's interesting because Missouri is now number 25 in the college football playoff rankings, yeah. which are the only ones that really matter now. <laughs> the AP poll doesn't matter anymore. Um, a ninth-ranked Georgia at number 25, Missouri. Georgia's a 13-point favorite. You know what? If there is one game that Missouri is supposed to lose this season, that they can probably win. <laughs> By God, it's this one. I think Mizzou can get it done. Look, Missouri is a very sneakily good football team. Okay, they I know this isn't saying much, but they stopped LSU four times at the goal line when they played back in October, September, whenever that game was. They stopped him four times. Connor Baselik is a really, really good quarterback. I like him. Um, Georgia, you never know which Georgia team you're going to get week in and week out. You really don't. Um, because Florida beat Georgia for the first time in a couple of years. Georgia had the game against Alabama up until halftime. But they got shut out at halftime. But Mizzou, on the other hand, who have they lost to? Florida. Um... Tennessee and Bama. Okay, so yeah, they've lost to two quality teams and then Tennessee. Um, Missouri is on a three-game three, three game winning streak right now. I think they can win this game, dude. I really do. I think Missouri's offense has enough to keep pace with Georgia. And then they play Mississippi State on the 19th. So, But I really think Mizzou can get it done. Look, Missouri went toe-to-toe with Arkansas. And I know it's Arkansas and they're 3-5. and five. But I I really feel like Mizzou can just somehow get this win because you never you like I said you never know what Georgia team you're going to get and sure J T Daniels is the starter now for Georgia he should have been the starter all along that was their main issue on offense was the fact that they couldn't figure out who they who they wanted their quarterback to be um, I think Georgia's got some holes in their defense I think Missouri can kind of expose that um, I'm going to take Mizzou to cover that thirteen. I think Missouri wins 31-27. I cannot agree with you. Literally, I can't. Like, that's no. Georgia's going to come out. They're going to put their foot down George, or Missouri's throat, and they're just going to d- dominate them. I, would, I mean, I think that Missouri, yeah, they lost to Bama, Florida, and... Uh, Tennessee, but like you said, they went toe to toe with Arkansas. Arkansas, they're all right team, I believe. Since I think Felipe Franks is also a big reason why they're they're three and six or whatever. But I think Georgia just comes out, slaps them, and Missouri doesn't get back up. I mean, yeah, this game's at Missouri, but Georgia, I think you're gonna get the the dominant Georgia team instead of the the suspect Georgia team this weekend. So I think that Georgia covers, and they win by at least two touchdowns as well. 
Well, listen, you said, yeah, this game is at Missouri. All right, let, let me just <laughs> throw something out there real quick. This game or that game or whatever game being at this home, team's home field, a home field advantage has no place in college football this year. When you have a limited capacity of twenty, mostly 25%, your stadium's not going to be as loud. Sure, you pump at the crowd noise, but it's not going to work. Um, so you're taking Georgia. I'm taking Mizzou. Um, so we agreed on one and disagreed on the other. Let's go to the next ranked game, Oklahoma at West Virginia. All right, my man Neil Brown here. He used to coach here at Troy. Oh, boy. They've got it coming. Oklahoma's about to throw on them. What's that line? Uh, 13 and a half? Oh, that's close, too. And, and West Virginia's a four-loss team. Um, Spencer Rattler and Oklahoma's offense are about to take it to West Virginia. Um, now, look, I liked West Virginia at the beginning of this year. I still do. I think Neil Brown can write that program, kind of bring them back to an 07, 08 um, Pat White type of year when they you know, should have went to the national championship. I think he can bring them back to that elite status. Now, it may take a year or two from here, but I think he can eventually do it. But Oklahoma, now keep in mind, too, Oklahoma may already have their sights set on facing Iowa State next week in the Big 12 championship game. So that could be kind of an advantage for West Virginia, for a little bit in this game at least. Because once Oklahoma realizes, oh, we still have a game to play today, we have to win, Spencer Rattler's going to come out and torch that West Virginia secondary. Um, I think Oklahoma gets it done in reasonable fashion. Um, so give me the Sooners here. Yeah, I take the Sooners as well. Um, yeah, Coach Brown used to coach here and all this and that. And, I, I mean, I've personally been kind of a West Virginia fan mainly because of it. I love the staff that was here because, you know, I worked with the team in 2018, his last year here. And so, like, love everybody that's there. But, I mean – Oh, uh, or golly, I almost said Ohio State. State. <laughs> Oklahoma's going to come out and just, I think they're just going to destroy them. I'm putting them on Thrax Watch. I'm putting West Virginia on Thrax Watch. I think they put up at least 45, and um, West Virginia winds up putting, let's say, 21. 45-21. I mean, I think that's what the final score will be. I think they'll West Virginia will come out hot, I guess you could say, or they'll like try to get something going, but then Oklahoma is just gonna just put their foot on them and be like, yeah, calm down, little brother, because I mean they run the Big Twelve. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna take Oklahoma forty nine twenty eight. Uh, since I didn't get my prediction a minute ago, um, North Carolina at Miami. This one's actually gonna be an interesting game. Sam Howell's one great quarterback. Miami is a very, very quiet team, and they have been since they yeah. lost to Clemson. Um, they've been ranked number 10 for quite a couple of weeks. They just can't seem to move up. Um, man, there's really no question here. I think Miami gets it done. Um, what's the line? They're three and a half. Whoa, that's a small line, too. And 67 and a half is the over-under. Um, look, we know North Carolina can put up points. I haven't watched a lot of Miami this year, I watched him play UAB. I watched him play Clemson. Um, that's really the only two times I've watched him. But, look, I know the Tar Heels can put up points. They've done it quite a few times this year. They've won quite a few games by doing that, getting into shootouts. Um, but Carolina's three-loss team, I think Miami's destined for a New Year's Six game. So give me the Canes by – give me Miami by eight. I'll take them – 
42 to 34. All right. I think Miami winds up winning as well. Like I said, they've been kind of sc- like, I want to say scared, but they've been quietly up there because I didn't even, I didn't even know that they were up there. Nobody until really watched did. it. And I was like, wait, where did they come from? And so, yeah, I think, I mean, I'm taking Miami. Um, I want to, I'll probably say it'll be a one possession game. And I honestly think, no, let's say two. I think they win by 10. But I think it won't really matter until the fourth quarter. Um, I feel like it'll be back and forth, back and forth. And then Miami just pulls away in the fourth and, uh, stops them, um, on a fourth down conversion. And then that'll be it. So. All right, what what's the next game we got here? Um, let's see, Purdue and Indiana and Wisconsin Iowa could be good. Um, but Wisconsin kind of fell off after their first big win when their quarterback Graham Mertz looked really really good. Um, Texas Kansas is not going to be fun. I'm putting oh, you guys. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with my boy Sam Ellinger, of course. Les Miles ain't doing it. I don't know. they Kansas is just awful. Kansas is a basketball school. Everybody yeah. should know this by now. I mean, oh. yeah. So, I mean, for that, let's see what the line is. The line is 30 points. 30 points. So, yeah, I'm I'm taking Texas to cover that. And I'm putting Kansas on Thrax watch. I think this will be their last game of the season. So, I mean, they're going to be 0-10. 0-9, yeah, yeah, that'll be They'll be they'll wind up but, finishing the season zero and ten. But they are eligible for a bowl game because every, it doesn't matter what your record is. It doesn't matter how many wins you have. Not it's that they're going to make one, but they're eligible for yeah. a bowl game. So, so I mean, if that what if, I mean, what if they wind up making that bowl game and they win that bowl game? I mean, who? That'll be absolutely wild. But yeah, I'm putting Kansas on th- Thrax watch against Texas. I'm taking them to take. I'm taking them to cover that thirty point spread. I actually think they win by. <laughs> I think they put up. 56, 56 to 10. Uh, I'll just say that. Six, no, 56 to 14. I'll take that. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'll pick Texas too. Um, I think they cover. I think they'll win 48 to 3. I think they'll win by 45. Yeah. Um, Cincinnati and Tulsa was canceled. That's kind of a bummer because that would have been a really good game this week. And the thing is, the AAC has come out and said that the championship game next week will be hosted by the higher-ranked team, which we already know is going to be Cincinnati. Um, so kind of scratch that one. I would have taken Cincinnati anyway. Um, oh boy, LSU at number six, Florida. Oh look, Florida's a twenty-three and a half point favorite. Oh my god, Thrax watch, <laughs> Thrax watch for sure. Listen, listen, I I want to talk about this one first, okay? So, Florida's really good. Like oh, they and look, they have defensive issues, and I think if LSU can just get the passing game correct and get the running game going, they could do something to Florida's defense. They could drive down the field. But that's the key for LSU is getting the running game going, and the offensive line absolutely sucks. Yeah. Um, LSU cannot run the ball. I think they averaged 36 rushing yards against Bama and 98 against A&M. So they've been over or under 100 yards, rather, the last couple of games. Um, even when they got destroyed by 37 at Auburn in T.J. Finley's first road start back at the end of October, um, they didn't really have that many rushing yards. Um Look, I think with all the turmoil that's going on in Baton Rouge, they're not going to put up many points. I know they can put up at least 30 a game, but they've just got to get it going. The defense has to play better for them. Um, Derek Stingley's got got to actually be, you know, 
present this week. Like he has to be, he has to be, you know, present on this defense to make it work. Um, and they're probably going to put him guarding either Kadarius Tony or, um, God, I hope it's not Kyle Pitts, but, um, either Kadarius Tony or Jacob Copeland, one of those guys, or Trayvon Grimes, even him. Um, but Derek Stingley's not going to make the LSU defense win this game. Look, this thing's going to be over by the half. <laughs> kind of like the Bama game was a couple weeks ago. Um, it's just, it's gotten to the point to where LSU just can't keep up after halftime. Yeah. And that, except for the Arkansas game, the A&M game they were still in it. The offense just couldn't move the ball. Bama was up. What was Bama up last week at halftime? I forget what the halftime score was, but it was it was a demolishing. Was it like um, forty two or forty five? I think it was thirty five to forty something. I for, I forget what it was. It was forty five to fourteen or ten. Or something. I forget what it was, but anyway, Florida is going to be up by at least fourteen at halftime. Um, I think we'll see LSU possibly even start Max Johnson at quarterback this week. But if they don't, T.J. Finley will start again, and then he'll go like 15 of 29 for 140 yards with one touchdown and probably two or three interceptions and be benched by the third quarter just because that's the way he does on the road. Um, look, he's not the answer at quarterback. Johnson really isn't either. But Brendan's out for the year with an injury, so obviously they got to turn to someone. Um, and it just hasn't worked out for him. Yeah. Nothing, nothing really has worked out for them this year, like at all. <laughs> um, but... I'm going to take Florida to win big. I think Florida destroys us 56-17. to 17. And as bad as that hurts, that's kind of a replica of last week. Bama won 55-17. Um, look, it's just going to be another poor showing from LSU. Ed Ogeron's probably going to get upset on the sideline again, throw his headset down and start yelling, which is probably what he needs to do. He just needs to do it in the locker room and in Bo Pelini's office at the football stadium. Yeah. Um, but... I feel like LSU can make it interesting during the first quarter, but once because Florida has a history this year of starting off slow, so I think that could help LSU in a way and an advantage on offense. But after the first quarter, this thing's all open to Florida, and it's over by halftime. Yeah. All right. Um. What what game you want to go? San Diego State BYU next. Um. Yeah. I'm just gonna say through. Four words here. Give me the Cougars. That's all I got to say. They're going to rebound after that loss at Coastal. That was four. I know you had to count. Uh, what's San Diego State's record this year? Four and three. Yeah, four and three. Okay. Um, yeah, give me BYU. I, man, after last week, I think Zach, I think, you know, going back to that Coastal game too real quick, I think that was the first time this year that he has thrown less than two touchdown passes in a game. Hmm. Um, and so Coastal's defense played really well. But I think BYU rebounds this week. I think they get the win. I don't think they'll make a New Year's Six game now because of that loss to Coastal. They're too far down in the rankings. But I think they'll fit. What are they, 9-1 right now? Yeah. Yeah, I think they'll fit as 10-1. Give me the Cougars big. Um, I'm going to take them 49-20. to 20. Yeah. Um, I'm also going to take BYU. And I'm putting San Diego State on Thrax Watch as well. Um, yeah, I, I think that BYU is going to come back pissed off. Because of that, uh, that heartbreaking loss, where they stopped the guy at the two yard line, and uh, yeah, I think they're just gonna come out and absolutely dominate. Yeah, you said it doesn't matter, like like home field advantage, but in a sense it does. I mean, 
Look what Bo Nix still did this year for the most part. I mean, even though they only allowed like 20,000 people. But, yeah, I think um, I think BYU comes out and they put up 52 points um, against San Diego State. I think it'll be 52 to 21. Yeah, I, I can see that too. Um, I just don't really see San Diego State score more than three times in this game. Um, let's see, Ole Miss and A&M was postponed. USC and UCLA could be interesting. Um but I know we guys still got that one too. Um, but we'll talk UC, USC and UCLA first. I'm going to take USC here. Um, USC just under Chip Kelly. They're just not getting it done. Uh, USC is only a three point favorite, but this is a 6:30 ABC game. So, um, well, give me USC. Give me USC by 17. Um, I'm going to take them 34 17. They're they're a pretty good offensive team. Now they have no shot at the playoff obviously but they do have a shot at the Pac-12 championship game which these last this last week or two of the Pac-12 football could be very interesting um because Washington's at three and one Oregon's at uh three and two which we'll get to that one in a minute too I think they play this weekend um so yeah give me USC yeah give me USC as well um UCLA I don't know how I feel about Chip Kelly honestly um I think he was good he was at Notre Dame right no, he he was at Oregon for a couple of years, Oregon, and he coached with the okay. Eagles in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, like, it's so wild to me how he goes to Oregon. He was just, Oregon was so dominant. They were just, I mean, they were stoppable, but they, they were almost nearly unstoppable. But, I mean, yeah, I think you just give just give me um good old USC to come out and uh, beat them. Yeah, and we'll, we'll go to Oklahoma State at Baylor next. Uh, look, I'm going to take the Cowboys – but I will say I'm very, very unimpressed with Dave Aranda in his first year at Baylor after his multitude of years as LSU's defensive coordinator. Um, I thought Baylor was the right job for him when he took it. Um, I wasn't mad about him leaving. I thought it was the right fit. I thought he could maybe turn that program around. But it just hasn't really taken that effect yet this year. And Baylor's been good for the last couple of years, but – Obviously, Matt Rule left, went to the Carolina Panthers, and then Aranda comes in, switches things up. It just hasn't worked. Um, so give me Oklahoma State. Actually, Oklahoma State was my college football playoff pick at the beginning of this year. That kind of fell through um, when they lost their first game. But I'm going to take Oklahoma State big here. I think they win 45-20. to 20. Yeah, give me Oklahoma State as well. I'm not putting them on Thrax Watch, but I feel I still think that they wound up winning by seventeen. Um, so yeah, I, I mean I really haven't watched much of Baylor. I know that their basketball team is number two, but <laughs> other than that, like I don't really know much about uh what Baylor's doing right now. Yeah, yeah, they're just they're on a downward spiral this year. Um, like I said, they've had a couple of good years the last few years, but this year just hadn't really panned out. Um, Navy and Army. This is like the biggest game of the year for both of these teams. Uh, Navy's got a local product from Enterprise and Chance Warren, who I really like. But man, Army's a seven and two football team. <laughs> That's wild. Army's very good. Um, this is, I mean, this is a really big game for Army. They could get eight and two. Um, Army is actually a favorite here. What are they favored by? Six and a half. Six and a half. Um, give me Army by ten. I'm gonna take Army. Uh, I'm going to take them 30 to 20. I think Army, and this game is not in Philadelphia like it usually is. It's actually at West Point this year because of COVID and everything. 
uh, which is going to be really odd to see. Um, but I think Army wins by 10. Um, I think Navy can kind of keep it close. Look, these are both option teams. I love mm-hmm. option football, uh, especially between these two every year. It's fun to watch. Yeah. But I just think Army gets it done. They get to eight wins on the year. Yeah, I think Army also gets it done. Um, I want to say they make it to a New Year's Six. I mean, of course, because they're not ranked. But uh, I think they make it to at least a relevant bowl um, for the most part. I think they beat Navy by, I'd say, 17. Um, I don't think Navy's that good this year. Army, I think, I know that they're in the Army and they're cadets or, or whatever, but they really showed heart to me. And, like, I've, I've, I have yet to go against Army since they came back and beat uh, Georgia Southern earlier this year. So you just give me Army on this. Um, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's go Akron and Buffalo. A little maxion here. Uh, is Buffalo still undefeated? Yes. Yeah, they're four now. Okay. Um, <laughs> wait, they beat Kent. Was it last week or two yeah. weeks ago they beat Kent State? Yeah, they uh, were both undefeated. Yeah, it was two weeks ago. Um, look, Akron, I've only seen Akron play one time. That was when they came here to Troy a couple <laughs> years ago. And we beat them at the very tail end of the game. That's the only time I've ever watched Akron football. Um, I like Buffalo. Their running back is an absolute monster. <laughs> yeah, he he's really good. What's his name? Um, I forget what his name is. Uh, Jay, uh, is it Jarrett Patterson? No, it's not Jarrett. Yeah, yeah Jarrett Patterson. Yeah, that dude is a freaking horse yeah, in the backfield. Okay, uh, one of the best running backs in college football this year. Uh, for for a very small school like Buffalo, but I think Buffalo's kind of riding the high here. They're gonna be in the MAC championship game. They're going to beat Army. They're a 32.5-point favorite, or Akron, sorry. They're a 32.5-point favorite. Give me Buffalo by 35. I'll take them 42-7. to I think, I mean, give me Buffalo as well. Um, yeah, that, <laughs> hey, Akron, uh, you're on Thrax Watch this week. Um, I think you get beat by at least 38. Um, I mean, if you, like, looking at stats, like Buffalo averages five hundred and eleven yards a game, and three hundred and twenty-three are rushing. I don't know if it's just from Jared Patterson's game that one time or what. We had eight effing touchdowns, but I feel like he can. He won't have that same exact game, but I feel like he can have a big game here. Um, against Akron, they're awful. I mean, they allow four hundred and fifty yards a game. So I mean. I don't know. I think, I think like I said, they beat them by thirty eight. Uh, Buffalo wins big, and we'll see them next week or the week after in the uh, the MAC championship. Yeah, yeah. Buffalo Buffalo is a really interesting team this year. Um, I'm just gonna say, if Buffalo was to play Troy this year, they would throttle us. Yeah. <laughs> they really would. <laughs> Five hundred eleven yards of offense is absolutely ridiculous. Um, are there any other games this week? Not worth it. Dave. Not worth it. All right. Um. So I want to go through really quick and just talk about a little bit of college basketball because it's basketball season. I know you're an Auburn fan. Auburn basketball. I'm a Duke fan, boy. I know, but I'm saying Auburn football. I know you like Duke basketball. I hate Duke. Okay, sorry. Um, Kansas just played it. They, they beat Creighton by one. North Carolina was losing to Iowa, and Iowa's a really, really, yeah. really good team. Luke, Luca Garza is a stellar player. Um you know, basketball is going to be interesting. I really hope that we get March Madness uh, next March. I hope COVID doesn't screw things up again and make it to where the tournament is canceled or any conference tournaments for that matter. 
But you have seen games get canceled, kind of like with every other sport. Sure, it's going to happen. Um, but, I mean, if if we're talking just, like, best teams right now real quick, I'm going to go Baylor, Gonzaga, Kansas, and Iowa. That That's my four best teams right now. I think Duke's good, but I think they've got a little bit of work to do um, to, to get there. Uh, oh, and the Ravens are up on the Cowboys. 14 to 10? Yeah. Wow. I expected a, a better game from the Ravens than what they're playing right now. Um, I mean, it's going to be like a 31-10 final. But, yeah, so Carolina was down by 10. Uh, yeah, see, Gonzaga and Baylor were supposed to play last Saturday, and they didn't. It was yeah. canceled, which sucks. Um, but, yeah, Carolina's down by uh, 6 right now. But, yeah, so Villanova's still there. Duke, is it? Is that 10 or 11? Duke's at 10. Or 11? 11? Yeah, 11. Okay. But AP. Uh, they're 10th. Okay, yeah. So Duke's slowly getting back up there. But I like Gonzaga, Baylor, Kansas, and Iowa. I think those are my four best teams right now. Screw Michigan State. Wow. Dude, they're, Iowa's going to beat Michigan State when they play. They'll probably beat them twice. Uh, Michigan State's kind of a fluke team. I think they'll prove that in the tournament next March. Um, I think Duke can continue to rise, but the ACC is a really stacked conference this year. So is the Big Ten. Um, I think those are your two stacked conferences. But uh, I know you're a Duke fan. Really quickly, where do you see them finishing at? In um, in March or at the end of the season? Yeah, both. At the end of the season, I see them finishing potentially top six, probably around six. Um, that oh yeah, they'll probably be number six, and then I think they make it to the elite eight potentially. I mean, they have a a lot of freshmen, um, this season, so I think that they'll wind up potentially get more experience as the season goes on. Of course, um, as long as they're able to play, um, but yeah. I mean, I think Gonzaga wins it all, personally. They're just unstoppable. They came out and destroyed Auburn uh, last week. So, I don't know. And I thought Auburn was going to be a good team this season. I mean, they're all right, but they're not as good as they, they're supposed to be. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people did. Um, but, look, I'm going to take Duke to get the Elite Eight, too. I think Baylor wins it all. I think they're the better team. Gonzaga's really good, don't get me wrong. Yeah. They're a scary good team. Um and it, like I said, it sucks that we didn't get to see them play because that was a one-two matchup last week. Um, but man, I think that about wraps this one up. You got anything else you want to add? No, um, that's pretty much it. All right, well, everybody, this has been the introduction episode one podcast to the now rebranded Beyond the Bleachers. Uh, me and AJ will be back next week to discuss the uh, college football conference championship games, give our final playoff picks, and more. So tune in next week. Goodbye.